KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan, and this is Radio Orbit. I'll be back with you in just a few minutes. Columbia 89.5 FM and as I mentioned my name is Mike Hagan and you're listening to Radio Orbit Um, good evening welcome to the program whoever you are wherever you may be whenever you might be listening yeah welcome Uh, Monday the 24th of September 2018 all right uh, before we get going with the program big thanks to everybody before me today great uh, radio here at KOPN on Mondays Woody gets things going three to five every Monday with um, the Real Deal Country Show. And if you like country music or if you don't, you might. So check out Woody. Uh, three to five every Monday, Real Deal Country program uh, coming to you on KOPN. And after that, we've got Left Ahead uh, Radio, Tech Radio with uh, 
the guys talking about all the cool stuff happening in the world of technology. Of course, Kevin, after that, jazz plus blues equals soul and uh, new wave radio theater just finishing up a little bit ago. Had a little problem with the feed there at the end, so uh, I apologize for that, uh, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Anyway, uh, on KOPN, good music, good talk, good news. 11.05 on, uh, again, the 24th of September. All right, my name is Mike, and um, this program is called Radio Orbit. It's the first time I've done the program in a long time, uh, so I think I'll give a little background and let people know kind of what's going on, what they can expect on this radio show in the future. Okay. So I came on the air here at KOPN in 2004, um, uh, some 14 years ago and began this program in August of that year and was on the air till about I guess I guess the middle of the year or so uh, in 2008, and I've been off the air for quite some time, almost 10 years, and um, you know had my own uh, reasons for that, and uh, uh, an interesting story that maybe we get into along the way here. But at any rate, uh, left uh, the program and sort of stayed peripherally involved with KOPN, uh, but. Kind of, kind of removed myself from the public sphere, uh, in a in a in a more general sense. I was I was quite involved uh, in a number of different things around town, and I don't know for uh, for a number of different reasons. I just sort of removed myself uh, from it. And uh, KOPN and uh, and Radio Orbit were one of the things that that were included in that. So anyway, it's uh, it's ten years later, and I decided that it was time to kind of. Uh, rethink that whole thing life has changed and situations are different and i decided it was time to come back on the air and luckily enough for me the people here at kopn were welcoming and uh after you know a little bit of uh work was able to uh you know to get back on the air so i sure appreciate it and i hope that you guys will enjoy the program as we get going here um for those there may be some of you who remember the show uh you know i mean 10 years is a while but it's not that long and certainly if you're my age (laughs) and and, uh, so if you remember the program you know well uh, it's going to be sort of a revamped version of what we were doing before Um, certainly the world has changed and uh, i've changed and you know interests and and all that sort of thing but really uh what, what what we do here is um we got three hours, all right? So it's 11 till 2. And that's plenty of time for one guy to, uh, to do some radio. So what I like to do is um, I love music. And uh, so one of the things that we'll do on this program is feature music from typically from local, regional artists who are from these parts. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I might, I might know them and, uh, you know, there are times I might not, but uh, regardless, I'm I'm interested in 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 featuring music that is unique to this part of the country and uh, and to our sort of neck of the woods here. So, uh, with that in mind, tonight, anyway, we'll feature the music tonight of Paul Weber and the Scrappers. And like I said, we got three hours, so. Um, so I'll be talking a lot because Paul and the Scrappers don't have that many songs, but we will uh, sort of weave their music 
throughout the program tonight. The first one we heard there just a minute or so ago was uh, was called Don't Call Me. And actually, you can call me if you'd like to. Um, and in, uh, I think later in the program, we'll probably open the phone lines here. I don't have a guest for tonight. Typically, I would do a, uh, an interview and, and, and uh, down the road, we'll, we'll, we'll do uh, a lot of that. We'll actually do uh, sort of long, in-depth interviews with people. But tonight, I uh, really don't have anything like that planned because it's sort of an introduction to, or a reintroduction, I guess, um, um, to the listeners out there to this program. So anyway, uh, what we do here is we pick one musical artist every week and we feature their music throughout the whole program. So you won't hear anybody tonight other than Paul Weber and the Scrappers. And if you like them, you're going to have a real fun time because we're going to talk about about a lot of cool stuff in between. Um, and if you don't like them, well, you just have to turn it off every uh, 20 minutes or so for about three minutes, okay? Uh, but anyway, great stuff from uh, local uh, artists, Paul Weber and the Scrappers. And they uh, have not actually been around... Uh, the scene for that long, just a few years actually, but uh, done some great things in my opinion uh, since they've been doing it, and they're one of my favorite uh, uh, bands around around town and around mid Missouri these days. So, uh, so we'll feature the music of Paul Weber and the Scrappers tonight, and like I said, in between we'll talk and uh, uh, do some news, and we'll do a, uh, a feature that I used to do. I think I'm going to keep doing it. It's called Space Weather. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on outside of the confines of this planet. And we'll do some technology talk and we'll have a little memorial where we talk about some people that aren't longer, uh, are any longer with us here. And then we'll open the phone lines and, and let, let people call and, and we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. And it'll be interesting to see who calls. Uh, um, the last program that I did... Uh, was I think it was like June the 19th of 2008. And when I started the pro, you know, it's funny when you do a talk show because uh, if, if you actually take phone calls, one of the most frightening things is to open the phone lines and have nobody call because, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, it's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, nobody's listening or 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 they or they or they don't care enough to call. So when I first started the program uh in like 2004, I would do that. I would open the phone lines <laughs> and no one no one would call, so I would have to sort of prepare uh uh, for uh, for that eventuality, you know, the first time you do it, you, you don't prepare. You always figure, oh, someone's going to call for sure, and they don't call. And you're like, oh man, I better do something, put on some music or whatever. But anyway, uh, tonight, uh, I guess about forty five minutes from now, we'll we'll open the phone lines, and if you don't call, you know, I'll be prepared. If you do call, I'd love it though, and uh, and and we can chat, and you can tell me whatever's on your mind, and we'll talk about whatever. Uh, the number here just in case you're going to think about it later, is 573-443-8255. 573-443-8255. That'll get you on the program here later tonight. So just jot it down somewhere. I'm not quite ready yet because uh, I got a few things I want to say, but 
at any rate, later tonight we'll be able to to uh, to talk hopefully with some of the listeners out there. All right, all right. So anyway, um, uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the run there, when I, when I when I finally left the air, going off in in like uh, in the middle of two thousand eight, and the last program I did, I opened the phone lines and lots of people called. So um, it shows that. Uh, if nothing else, you have to you got to keep at things. You know, uh, uh, nothing comes quick, nothing comes easy, and and if you want to do something, you know, stick with it because uh, it might uh, take a while before somebody gives you a call. You know, all right. So um, uh, so that's basically what goes on here. Uh, uh, music news. A lot of high-tech stuff. We're going to talk about emerging technology, artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, a lot of computer-related stuff, um, man-machine interfacing type of things, uh, transhumanism, psychedelic drugs, uh, designer drugs, I guess, uh, some of the things that the, the, that the scientists are coming up with now. Um, Anyway, uh, that that that's the sort of uh, sort of stuff that we're going to kind of focus on here. Without being real strict about it, we'll talk about kind of whatever we want to talk about. But uh, but those are the things that I'm sort of interested in. I'm I'm a mathematician by uh, by training, and I have a great uh, deal of interest in in the natural world as well. And I know a little bit about physics and and. Uh, uh, and so all those things will, will kind of creep their way into the program, and hopefully uh, we can come up with some stuff that, uh, that is enjoyable and interesting uh, to the listeners out there, okay? Uh, for tonight, like I said, Paul Weber and the Scrappers will be playing some music for us. Um, with regard to guests, I will not have a guest tonight. It'll just be me and you and uh, sort of a reunion in a way for me. Uh, it's been a long time since I did this program, and I really enjoyed it while I did it, even though when I stopped doing it, it was necessary and, and, uh, and, and time to do that. But uh, just like now, I think it's uh, time, time to bring it back. There's a lot of uh, inspiration for the, re- you know, in other words, the reason that people do things, and, and, and those, those things change over time. But for me, they really really sort of haven't um there are there are a number of people who i'm probably going to talk about later in the program who um, inspired me to do this to begin with and even though none of them are here now uh they sort of also inspired me to come back and uh, and get back at it so anyway it's a pleasure to be back on the air doing radio orbit and it's uh uh we'll see we'll see how things go all right the Station here. I want to mention something about KOPN, um, just because again, this is sort of like a pilot program. I'm going to talk uh, as if none of you have ever heard it uh, or don't know anything about me or the program, and uh, or the station for that matter. And KOPN is a um, community radio station, been on the air now for some 45 years, one of the longest uh, lasting community radio stations in the country you know back in the 70s when this whole thing got going there were tons of them there was a there was a community radio station in in every town almost now there's very few left and uh and certainly very few with the sort of scope and um and heart that kopn has and 
even though I've been off the air for a number of years, I've always been a supporter of the station, and and I'm still thrilled that uh, that KOPN is 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 uh, on the air and and doing well. And with that, uh, uh, I should mention that we had a we had a pledge drive just recently. Last week, uh, I guess it finished up about a week ago. Uh, but at any rate, uh, we raised a lot of money for for us. Um, you know, everything's relative. But uh, uh, the fall pledge drive a couple of weeks ago raised about thirty-five thousand uh, dollars. Maybe some more coming in after that. We have a um, an ongoing challenge with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting that will allow us to receive an additional like $70,000, like in like a, a grant of 70 or $72,000 if we can complete a number of, of uh, tasks and challenges that, that, that are necessary for us to, um, to get that grant. But I think we're actually going to do it. And, and it's because uh, there's a great group of people here at the station that are committed and recognize the value of of what's going on here and there are also a great deal of people uh or a great number of people in the in the local community that recognize the same thing that kopn is a valuable resource and an asset to the community uh it's it's a remarkable place here if you're not familiar with the station uh you know just a great music great talk and uh national programming as well uh, international programming all kinds of stuff um, and all kinds of different things and one of the hardest things about KOPN here is figuring out what it is you like and and uh, and when it might be on the air because it is uh, quite different from from uh, from programming slot to the next slot and uh, you know you might hear something that you maybe don't dig that much and then if you wait an hour you'll hear something that you totally love so it's a matter of kind of getting familiar with the station you can go to kopn.org there's a list there of all the programs uh, the schedule and if you see something you think might uh, might might uh, tweak your fancy you know give it a chance because there's there's a lot of great stuff here and every and any given night uh uh, and any given hour of the day, okay? All right, so KOPN, I love it. I'm proud and pleased to be a part of it and uh, and back at it here, so. All right, so what else do we have to say here before we play another piece of music? Um, I think we'll do that. We'll play another, play another song here by Paul and the Scrappers, and then we'll come back and we'll read a little bit about the news and see what's going on in the emerging technology news and then uh, and then we'll go from there all right once again it's mike you're listening to kopn columbia 89.5 fm it's radio orbit this is paul weber and the scrappers and the song is called stepping stone you said i was your rock now i know what you mean Rock on the ground Under your feet Now you're gone And it's too late I'm on the ground You're on your way 
how's your rock? Now I know what you mean Rock on the ground Under your feet Scrappers, that is called Stepping Stone, one of my favorite records of the last couple of years, and one of my favorite local regional bands. If you're not familiar, check them out. Paul Weber and the Scrappers. Uh, Paul Weber up front playing guitar and harmonica and doing most of the vocals. You got Dave Durnley uh, helping out on the guitar. Jesse Mudd on the bass and Justin Hickerson playing drums for that band and they're fantastic and all those guys uh, you know do a lot of different things uh, all of them uh, can play with lots of different people and and, and do uh, but uh, that's a great project that uh, came together a few years ago and I'm sure glad that, uh, that it did because good stuff and we're going to hear some more of it throughout the program tonight okay once again that's Stepping Stone from Paul Weber and the Scrappers and um uh, you know, we had uh, we had a pledge drive, like I said last week, and a bunch of these guys donated shirts and CDs and uh, koozies for beers and uh, all kinds of stuff um, uh, that that uh, were given to people who who pledged to uh, to the station. So again, thanks uh, for all that stuff. It made a, it, it does make a difference, and and people actually do uh, love to uh, know that they are. 
part of something like this and also able to get something sort of special for it you know um something from a band member or or you know or a t-shirt or a, or a cd or whatever it, you know it's just uh it's just something to commemorate the thing and it's cool so anyway for all the guys and girls that uh, donated stuff and um so that we could give those things to people that pledge to the station. We certainly appreciate that as well. Okay. Okay. Once again, uh, it is about 1125 on the 24th of September, 2018. And you're listening to radio orbit on KOPN Columbia. Let's talk a little bit about the news, um, in the tech world. There's a cool story from Japan. They have a, um, satellite, uh, that was launched uh, to try to rendezvous with an asteroid. And they actually were successful doing this. So um, there's some pretty cool imagery up on, on the web. But uh, here's a little bit about the story, okay? Japan's house company, JAXA, has made an historical pass by officially touchdown. Uh, by, by making an efficient touchdown of two robotic explorers on the floor of an asteroid. The two small rovers, which had been dispatched from the Hayabusa 2 spacecraft on Friday, will move across the one-kilometer-wide house rock, generally known as Ryugu. The asteroid's low gravity means that they'll have to hop throughout it, capturing temperatures and images along the floor. Now, uh, I won't read any more about, about the story. Uh, you, you can go check it out online if you're interested in, in it. Um, and uh, as a side note, um, I will say that a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, um, I'll feature up on the website. There, 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 there are two different websites that, that you might want to just... Uh, uh, bookmark, but uh, MikeHagan.com, that's my name. So, so MikeHagan.com, it's H A G A N. And uh, if you go there, you'll kind of see uh, just, you know, just sort of like a current uh, uh, page of uh, what, what's going on on the program, you know, currently. Uh, the archives, though, uh, will, will feature everything that's ever been done on the program. You can listen to all the old shows or you can download them. Uh, in mp3 version and share them with your friends or whatever but anyway all that stuff is up there on 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 the website so at mikehagan.com but i've also I, i've also um uh, i started a forum uh, that we might use for discussion and to share news and information and ideas and stuff uh up on reddit so if you go to reddit uh just search for Radio Orbit, R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T. There's only one O in uh, in that. In that uh, treat it like one word, okay? Radio Orbit with the O in the middle. Uh, at any rate, uh, go to Reddit and search for Radio Orbit, and you can find the forum there. And uh, that's where I'll post a lot of these stories um, that I'll be talking about uh, on the air, okay? So anyway, uh, yeah, the Japanese landed this spacecraft on an asteroid that's only a uh, only a kilometer wide. I mean, it's a relatively small rock um, in 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 cosmic terms. And uh, not only did they land, uh, were they able to land a vehicle on it, they were able to launch a couple of little rovers, little droid 
drone things that are sort of surveying the asteroid and are hopefully going to send back some um, you know some interesting data and information about it now you know I mentioned earlier in the program that, that I'm a physics uh, a physics guy and uh, for me you know it's pretty remarkable that um, that these guys can actually do what they did you have to you know remember that even though it doesn't really feel like it you know the, the earth is moving very quickly through space and it's spinning and at the same time as it's spinning it's also moving uh, with the rest of the sol- solar system through you know the the, the local galactic region uh, but everything is moving and everything is spinning uh, and and that also goes for this asteroid, this little little one kilometer wide asteroid that uh, that these guys were were, were trying to um, and, and did accomplish to actually uh, land a vehicle on. Uh, but the, everything's moving really fast and spinning. So so in order to calculate how to get your vehicle from here to there is a pretty complicated piece of mathematics. And on paper, you know it's complicated uh but to actually do it i mean it's way more complicated i mean the mathematics on paper is one thing and and that's uh you know that's hard enough to do but to actually do it uh in in the in in the physical is is a pretty damn uh, remarkable stunt so uh so definitely gonna give a shout out and a bow to the japanese uh men and women that were able to uh uh, to pull this off, and I'm looking forward to to seeing what what comes from it. You know, to, for me, the data that comes from the mission will probably probably not mean that much. I mean, unless it's a really remarkable asteroid, which I doubt. I mean, it's really you know just made up of the stuff that everything else is made up of, and um, just essentially a big rock flying around in the local uh, neighborhood. But to be able to 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 put some uh, hardware on it. To me, that's the accomplishment, and uh, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, imagine um, you know taking a rifle or something like that, or a bow and arrow, or a sling, or any kind of thing that you might throw a baseball, and then try to make contact with another object. And in this case, uh, you know, you, you've got a small object that has to that has to intersect with a, with a larger object, but but neither one of them uh, neither one of them are that big, in a you know in a larger sense. I mean, the the robotic craft is very small. I mean, you could fit it in this studio, and the little drone guys that are flying around that asteroid now, I'm sure, are much smaller than that. Um, and the asteroid itself is only one kilom- uh, a kilometer wide, or I mean, certainly not round, but anyway, you know, so, you know, just a couple city blocks, you know, it's not, not, not that big and it's moving at really high speeds. Right. So like, you know, between 20 and maybe 50,000 miles an hour and the earth is spinning, you know, fast and moving. I I won't, uh, I won't dare to guess, even though I've probably read it at some point, um, how fast the earth is actually moving, um, through the, the the local uh environment but but the point is they're both moving real fast and for us to be able to figure out the mathematics first of all and then actually uh do that in the physical uh uh, wow impressive and cool 
so yeah the the hayabusa 2 satellite and uh and their drones that are that, that were accompanying the the launch incredible and uh, good work and then maybe maybe you'll maybe we'll find something else interesting from that from that asteroid but if nothing else uh, certainly shows that we're able to to uh, uh to make that sort of a rendezvous really cool all right okay uh what's next here on my list google's forced sign-in to chrome raises privacy red flags uh, I'll read the first couple paragraphs here, and uh, but I'm sure you'll get a load of uh, uh, of what's happening here. Chrome users are now automatically signed into the browser if they're signed into any other Google service, such as Gmail. So, uh, uh, an update to Google's Chrome sign-in mechanism could clear a path to compromising the privacy of users' browser data, according to a researcher that stumbled across the change. Matthew Green, a cryptographer and professor at Johns Hopkins University, noticed that his Gmail profile picture strangely and suddenly appeared in his browser window, and it changed. Uh, That's generally a sign that a user uh, is logged in. However, he hadn't actually signed in, which for him threw up a red flag, and this led him to uh, parse out the latest update of Chrome, which is uh, Chrome 69. And he discovered a change that going forward, and I quote, every time you log into a Google property, for example, Gmail, and there's a bunch of other ones that you're not aware of, and me too, I'm sure, Chrome will automatically sign the browser into your Google account for you. Now, that may or may not seem like a big deal, but if... Uh, you know, if you know if you know some of the underlying stuff of what Google is doing, I mean, it it, you know, it might be at least a little bit uh, uh, disconcerting. The the software is designed essentially to track everything that you do while you're logged in. And in fact, the tech radio guys who do a program at six o'clock on Mondays, so they were on the air uh, about five hours ago. But anyway, those guys um, have talked at length uh, over the course of many years about the collection of uh, private information and uh, uh, the stuff that that is happening online whether you think it is or not whether you know it is or not uh, it actually is and google is one of the uh, you know the poster child for 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 gathering data on you you know it's interesting the the word google okay so Guggen in german means to look and i'm sure that that's why the why why the name google was chosen originally um because goog g-o-o-g if you say that auf deutsch if you say that in german you know it means look at that or look look at this so google is a german based word and that's sort sort of interesting uh but uh anyway um they they use the word on their users just like the users use their service so so google is used by people to look for stuff and it's very effective google is remarkably effective i have tried to wean myself off of google and use other search engines but they're not as good I hate to say it, but it's just true. They're just not as good. And in fact, they're they're not nearly as good. I mean, if I found something that was even close, uh, I would probably 
be able to, to migrate my, you know, my research and stuff over there, but I can't do it because uh, that's where it's at. And I think that um, the arguments against Google with regard to information and the way that they sort things, I agree that they, they, they definitely have their algorithm that, that only allows certain stuff on the front page. But if you but if you have the uh, the audacity to dig a little bit deeper, it's there. They really I, I really don't think that they scrub. I really don't think they scrub stuff. They just have uh, an algorithm that that rates things and decides what's going to be on on the top twenty or the top one hundred uh, that you look for. Now your your ability to to design your searches and and the parameters for 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 your searches is just a big a deal you know that's a skill as well so you have to be able to to ask the right question and you have to know what you're looking for specifically and i think that if you can do that you're going to get good results with google the problem is that they're you know they're logging every single search that you do and it turns out that even if you don't have Gmail or, or a Google account, that they log things by uh, by IP address and things like this. So, so uh, yeah, um, it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting and and sort of scary state of affairs because we 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 all live now in this sort of panopticon where it's hard to know if you're being listened to or if you're not, or if you're being filmed or if you're not. You know, if you just walk around the streets, uh, you know, just day to day, your afternoon stroll or just going to work or coming home from lunch or whatever, the number of, of cameras that are filming you would probably frighten you to death if you actually knew. I mean, you know, we don't think about it, but they're, but they're everywhere, every gas station, every bank, um, and they're on every corner you know um and uh and there are many more that that that, that would seem uh, you know maybe less obvious but but there's a whole lot of recording going on and i think that more and more we're starting to become aware of it and it, and it actually affects your behavior you know the cell phone uh or the smartphone quote unquote that that, that we all carry i mean you know i mean it's a uh, it's a great Invention and a, and a real handy device and and a great tool actually if you use it you know the right way it's a tool you can you know you can access the the World Wide Web and you can find information and you can you know you can uh, you can do stuff that it, it used to be very difficult to do if you were you know somewhere outside of your home or a library or or uh, you know away from uh, you know established civilization or something like that uh, the cell phone now the smartphone. It's remarkable. It's like a, it's it's like a it's like magic. Uh, I still am fascinated by uh, you know how it does what it does. But uh, you know, a television is a remarkable thing. The fact that uh, you know that 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 electromagnetic waves can just move through the air and be you know be reassembled. Uh, at, at at your TV screen, and 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 then you can see, uh, you know, whatever it is the show that you want to watch. I mean, the radio, same thing, right? Electromagnetic waves moving through the air, literally uh, between me and you, wherever you are listening from. It's just it's just just moving through the air, and that's what we say on the air. 
you know, when we're in radio. And um, anyway, it's crazy. And the uh, the science and the uh, development of technology behind all of these uh, discoveries that happened. You know, most of the major discoveries happened in the late 1800s. Between 1850 and 1910, I mean, everything happened. Um, and and since then, it's really just been a development of the things that were that were discovered then. I, I'm generalizing to a certain extent. I mean, we obviously have the technological development of history, which means fire and the wheel, and uh, you know, language and uh, the ability to to actually uh, you know communicate uh, communicate ideas uh, to one another, uh, but. Uh, as far as technological advancement goes, man, a lot of that stuff happened in, in, in the, the second half of the 19th century and then into the early part of the 20th century. And uh, electricity, of course, being the, being, being the real uh, uh, the monster, uh, the discovery and the eventual understanding of how to use electricity um, is really, you know, really something else. And, and without it, we're gone. It's it. You know, uh, we talk about a lot of things, the troubles that, uh, that humans have or humans might face. There is nothing greater than, than, than the, the loss of, of the ability to generate electricity. Um, it is a, it's something that everything now is based upon. And, of course, computers are sort of built upon that. The whole world runs now on computer technology. And of course, computers run on electricity. So, uh, yeah, the, the 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 whole world really has become uh, an electronic sort of uh, panopticon. I used that word before, and and I I, I use it, uh, and I'm I'm sort of got off track. But when I was talking about cell phones and 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 our our uh, our smartphones, you know, they're like tracking devices. We're all we're all uh, consenting. We're all consenting carriers of our own tracking devices and maybe not all of us but those of us who carry smartphones and even the people who say well i just use a flip phone so they can't you know i'm sorry they got you too okay if you're involved in the technological world google and uh, the nsa and anybody else who has the tech if they choose to they can find out what you're doing and what you've done and probably predict pretty well what you're gonna do. Uh, it's a, it's a strange thing. Um, the uh, the word panopticon comes from an old story. Um, I, I I believe it had to do with a uh, with a with a with a prison scenario. And the idea was how do you control a prison population? Uh, when you don't have nearly as many guards as you might need and uh, and it's you know it's it's a more difficult situation to kind of keep people under wraps and I forget the guy who kind of came up with the idea but um, the idea was to put cameras everywhere just put cameras everywhere and uh, even though the prisoners they couldn't um, they, they, they knew there were cameras everywhere, but they didn't know if they were being filmed or not, right? So, but even even the thought, even the idea that you were being filmed, that you, you were being watched, changed changed the behavior, right? So, so if everybody knows that there's a chance that they're being watched, 
not that they're being watched, but there's, but, but that there's a chance uh, that they're being watched or being filmed or being listened to. It'll, it'll, it'll change their behavior. And it was actually quite effective in, in, in the, in the prison sense, because obviously prisoners are going to be penalized and, and probably, you know, that's probably a real nice way to put it. Um, you know, they're going to have negative consequences if they do something bad. And if they think that they're, uh, and, and let's not even use the word bad, if they do something against the rules and, uh, if they do so and they think that there's a chance that they're being filmed or being watched, that, you know, there's a much, much greater chance that they're not going to do it. So, this, I think, now has uh, has sort of moved into the general social sphere, where there really are cameras everywhere. Not not just the ones on the corners uh, of Ninth and Broadway, uh, and at every gas station, and every bank, and uh, and every convenience store, and every grocery store. They're also in everybody's pocket, and and uh, people are being filmed all the time. Um, uh, by who knows who and uh, there's really I mean I don't see what can be done about it uh, at this point um, but it really did it really does I think change behavior I think people act differently when they think or they know that they are being filmed or that they could be being filmed or that they could be being listened to these uh, you know the smartphones that we carry there's been all kinds of uh, stories if you if if you look into the news and again you'll have to dig a little bit but you'll find out that many of these devices are essentially on all the time even when you turn them off and uh and they're transmitting uh location information sometimes video information sometimes audio information in other words you don't know if the camera's on you don't know if the microphone's i mean maybe it is maybe it isn't um Everybody is downloading apps like crazy. Every time you download an app, you agree to the user, um, you know, the uh, the agreement that that everybody clicks OK on for everything, and and it's usually pages and pages of uh, of legalese that uh, very very few, I imagine, have gone through and actually read. And I think that every time you click OK. You know, we're probably giving away um, something that, uh, that that maybe maybe you wouldn't want to. Who knows? I mean, honestly, you don't know when you, when you, when you sign that Snapchat agreement. You don't sign it, but you you know you click the yes, I agree to the uh, uh, you know to the user agreement that they that they put up there. Maybe it says you know Snapchat has the uh, the right to use the camera on your phone and the microphone even if your phone is turned off and you're in bed and you have no idea what's going on. I mean, I don't know if there, if there's anything like that in the agreement. If there is, it's probably hard to discern even if even if it says it in, in, in English. You're still going to have to tease it out. But my point is we are so, you know, we, we, we have no no hesitation or very, li- very little hesitation to agree to who knows what um, for all the apps that we download and we use. Who knows who owns them? Who knows who is uh, uh, behind the development? Who knows what the agenda is of the people that developed it and who they worked for? And so you really, at least for me, I mean, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I've sort of given it up. I'm, I'm, I don't even sweat it. I, I sort of assume um, that I'm being watched and listened to all the time. And in a way, if you do that, if you can get used to that, then you can sort of not care about it anymore. It's almost the only way to go because if you're worried about it and wondering when you're being listened to and when you're not and, and, and thinking that you know the difference between the two, well, I mean, I don't know. Good luck with that because as far as I can tell, there's no way to know. Um, so I just, um, I figure the best way is just to, you know, to just not even sweat it. And uh, I figure even if I am on the wrong side of the road, you know, here and there, you know, that's the way it goes. And maybe the people that are listening will learn something or maybe they got bigger fish to fry or something like that. So anyway, we are definitely living in the age of digital surveillance and there's really no way around it. If, uh, if you want to leave and, and, and go live in the woods, I guess that's about the only way, but even then, you know, don't tell anyone because, uh, because they'll tell someone and then we'll know where you are. And, uh, eventually the panopticon will find you all right all right uh we got about five or seven minutes or so before the beginning of the hour for the top of the hour and so um let's go back and i i didn't mean to to, to dwell so long on on uh on google and 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 the privacy issues but uh but I guess I did. So here's another one here that I thought was kind of interesting. I'm in manufacturing. I've been worked. I've worked in factories for most of my adult life, and I have slowly seen machines take the place of humans. And um, I'm certain that this is a trend that is going to increase and become more relevant. So I've, I'm 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 looking at a story here from uh, the CBC up in Canada. And let me read a little bit to you here. All right. More than half of all workplace tasks will be carried out by machines. By 2025, organizers of the Davos Economic Forum said in a report released Monday, highlighting the speed with which the labor market will change in the coming years. The World Economic Forum estimates that machines will be responsible for 52% of the division of labor as share of hours within seven years and jump from just 29% today. By 2022, the report says roughly 75 million jobs worldwide will be lost, but that could be more than the offset. Okay, so anyway, so it's a it's a huge thing the uh, the advent of robotics and uh, and artificial intelligence in the workplace in in, in manufacturing in particular. Um, as someone who's been in it for a long time, I, I, I get it sort of because I'm a quality control guy and my job when I'm not here at the radio station is to make sure that the stuff that my factory produces is the same as what they say they produce. So that's the job of, of, of all manufacturing is you, you, you want to actually do what you say you do. But 
you know, machines don't work perfectly and people don't work perfectly and no design is perfect and nothing on this world is perfect. So things go wrong sometimes and you have mistakes are made and then things break and uh, uh, machines go out of calibration and and lots of things can happen uh, that, that, that will that will ruin or or at least uh, muddy up the manufacturing process. So anyway, I've been in this business for a long time and the human factor is 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 a huge deal because most of the machines that we run require mach- uh, require human beings to operate them even if it's just push a button to make a part or 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 if it's more complicated than that and um you know whether it's something that you agree with or disagree with uh the owners and operators of manufacturing plants and factories and operations around the world ever since manufacturing began have wanted to minimize the number of people that have to work for them and maximize the amount of stuff that is done automatically without the intervention of humans and there are a lot of reasons for that um, and the you know the first one is that um, machines don't have bad days. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not uh, fickle. They either work or they don't, as long as they're maintained correctly. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll do what they're supposed to do, and they will do it over and over and over again. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they'll, they'll do it. Human beings... Uh, they will do a lot of the time what they're asked to do. Uh, but as the employee of a company, as the employee of a, 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 of, a of an organization, they have you know the option, frankly, uh, the free will to do what they want to do. So they can do the job correctly. They can do do the job um, incorrectly. They cannot do the job at all. They can, uh, they can purposely um, do the job wrong. I've actually worked with people like this that, that actually, you know, uh, on purpose because they got a, you know, sour grapes about something. They actually, uh, you know, ruin things on purpose. Um, most of the time, it's just a boredom or lack of interest or uh, ignorance or, you know, or just, uh, you know, drank too much the night before, whatever. But, but these things affect humans and they don't affect machines. And so there, I, I've seen in my own, uh, in my, the, the, own, uh, the, the organization that I'm uh, a part of over the last 20 years, I've worked for them for a long time. And our production has gone up considerably probably two or three fold, you know, two, two or three hundred percent in the last 15 or 17 years. And our workforce has gone down by about 50%. Uh, we have 50% less, 50% fewer workers than we had 15 years ago. Yet, yet the, uh, yet the company is, um, is much more productive than it was. And that is Absolutely, because of the integration of robotics and uh, and higher technology that literally 
does. Um, it does stuff that, uh, that that people used to do before, and you know, um, again, it's a bitter pill to swallow sometimes. But they do it better. Uh, they don't require vacation. They don't get sick. Their children don't get sick. They don't have to leave early because of that. Uh, they don't have bad days, like I said before. They don't drink on the job. They do exactly what you program them to do, and they do it until you tell them not to. So this is a global phenomenon. It is not going to slow down. It's going to increase, and it's going to be really interesting to see what uh, what, what we come up with for people to do. You know, it used to be that, you know, that, that was the one thing that, that, that people asked for from and, and, and it's sort of ironic in a way uh, that people actually, you know, demand work. We, we, you know, that's what that's all we want, you know, and we're going to vote for the guy that's going to give us jobs. And really, it's not because people want to work. It's because that's the way they get money. Most people, unless they're doing something that they love, would rather do something else than work. The only people that work um, because they like to are the people that are working out of love. And... Uh, most people are working because they have to and there's a paycheck and they can use that then to maybe take care of their families, maybe take care of themselves and maybe if they're lucky, do something that actually will bring them some enjoyment uh, that their job really doesn't bring, you know. So uh, so that's sort of where we are. And um, uh, in my opinion, I think the goal should be to not work <laughs> and uh, uh and and somehow be able to take care of ourselves um, uh, with, with, without working. Um, yeah, that sounds like a, like a stretch, right? Okay, let's uh, play one from Paul Weber and the Scrappers. It's the top of the hour, straight up midnight on now the 25th of September. You're listening to KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit, and this is Stainless Steel. Stainless steel won't corrode when exposed to the wind and the rain. It shines all the time and it never needs a coat of paint. When the years rain down on our love, it will be glistening still.
Stainless steel, you know it's real. It's coming to you right now live on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit. It's just a few minutes after midnight on the 25th now of September uh, 2018. Big shout out to my buddy Johnny out there in Denver. And uh, I hope to come out and visit you real soon, my friend. Uh, hopefully, October, me and Hoff are going to come out there and see you. And uh, hi to your friend there as well also i'd like to say hi to a couple other people online that are listening it looks like we got uh i got some friends and family out in colorado uh columbia missouri here up in chicago down in texas a couple people over there in germany shout out to my buddy john in australia and uh yeah anyway um Good to have you all with us, and uh, good to be here with you, okay? Paul Weber and the Scrappers, okay, great record. I hope they have something new coming out soon. I think they're going to be doing some more recording, uh, maybe not this year, but hopefully uh, you know, in the next year or so. I will actually, uh, you know, I said I was going to open the phone lines um, after midnight, and uh, it is after midnight, so I'm going to do that. The number is 573-443-8255 if you want to call and talk. And, you know, I also had a bunch of other stuff that I was going to talk about. Uh, you know, before I came on the air tonight, I was a little bit uh, nervous and, and had a little bit of uh, reluctance because I was like, oh, my God, am I going to be able to do radio for three hours again like I used to do and, and just talk and stuff? And so I had all this stuff, and I'm thinking, well, you, know, you know, hopefully I can do it. And it turns out I've got a bunch of stuff that I was supposed to do in the first hour that I had planned to do between 11 and 12 that I didn't do. So I guess I'm I'm not going to have a problem uh, filling, filling the time here. So anyway, if you want to call, I'd love to talk with you. And in fact, if there are any scrappers out there or Paul, uh, I'd love to have uh, you guys call in and say hi and let me know what's going on with the band. And if you've got uh, anything coming up for us in the future. In the meantime, um, there was a, um, a section of the program or a component of the program that I used to do that was called Space Weather. And although there are a number of things with the show that I'm not going to continue because it is sort of, um, you know, uh, don't work anymore or are no longer relevant, something like that. Space weather, I think, still is. And so I'm going to do that tonight, and I'll do that right now. So um, the reason that I would like to do space weather is because I like to remind people that we live in a much larger system than we normally kind of pay attention to or are sort of aware of on our day-to-day basis. You know, we get up. We do what we do. We go to work. We uh, we don't go to work. Whatever we do, um, we we do it right here on Earth. And because of the nature of social media now, and the uh, just the the absolute rush of information from all angles, you know, I mean, it's just a constant stream of information, whether you like it or not. You're getting it from all over the place, and. 
I don't know for the individual to me I mean it's just like like almost overwhelming um, and one of the things that that, that that I use to sort of ground myself is to remember that we are in a much larger system than uh, you know than, than, than we think about on the day-to-day uh, the earth is certainly here but it's also part of something else and uh, there are other planets that are circling the same star and the star is doing its thing and uh, what happens on the sun changes all the time in fact right now we are well, i don't know we're, we're we're a good ways into into solar minimum which uh for people who like to watch the sun will understand is a uh, a description of of a a type of uh, phase that the sun goes through um you know we we we've been watching the sun as scientific people for about 500 years galileo uh galileo Gal- galilei was was probably the first one to really um um to really start to document some of the things that were happening on the sun and he was the first one to, to put a put a telescope on the sun and be able to do it with a filter where he was able to see sunspots and and this type of thing um but really you know in a in a in a lo- in a longer time sense I mean, the fact that we've been looking at the sun for 500 years is really just a very short period of time. Um, The scientists tell us that the Earth and the sun and the system have been here for some 5 billion, with a B, uh, 5 billion years. And, uh, And we've been watching the sun for about 500. So, um, certainly I understand that there are some things that we have learned and and uh and we can uh, can sort of count on this 11 year solar cycle is a pretty interesting one but i also know that that uh, there are larger cycles that we are not familiar with just because we haven't been watching for long enough you know if if there if there's a cycle that involves every 10,000 years well you got to watch it for 20,000 years before you can even recognize you know that it's a cycle so so as much as we know about our star and our local environment here, we really haven't been um, studying it, you know, with any kind of uh, 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 real understanding for for very long. And so, to me, it's still interesting that uh, that we're just on this on this rock, you know, we're on this this ball that is just spinning around in space. And it is spinning around another big ball, and that ball uh, just happens to have the right chemistry to send out a whole bunch of uh, appropriate energy that allows us to look at that ball. Uh, the conditions for life uh, on this planet, remarkable. Um, and uh, although the scientists will tell you, oh, it's not that remarkable, you know. Um, it's just a, you know something that's probably happening in lots of other places around uh, the universe. Well, the truth is, this is the only place we've ever seen it, and uh, and I'm still fascinated by that. It's a miracle, one way or the other, uh, the fact that we're even here and able to recognize that we're here and and talk about it, and then actually try to do stuff about it. You know, um, there are plenty of other living creatures you know we got plenty of other organisms that are alive but uh 
they're not doing what we're doing. You know, they didn't build Manhattan and they didn't write Milton. So there is something special about the human and uh, whether it's, uh, you know, good, bad or ugly, I guess we can't say, you know, we're not responsible for the fact that we're here. Sometimes I, I get a feeling, especially over the last, you know, actually many of the years that I've been off the air, uh, there's a there's a general tendency among humans to blame humans for everything that's going on. It's like, and it's really ir- ironic. It's like, you know, you got a bunch of human beings running around saying how bad all the human beings are and that we're just ruining everything <laughs> basically right this is the you know the freaking humans are just just ruining everything but of course the humans are the ones that are saying this is just completely i you know just strange and ironic to me and i would like to remind the humans that we had nothing to do with the fact that we are here we have nothing to do with our own genetic makeup we have nothing to do with the way that we're designed we did not design ourselves human beings came into a scene that was going on long before we got here uh, according to all the humans that say they know right in other words all the evolutionary biologists all the geologists all the uh, anthropologists everybody uh, who's supposed to be so smart they say that that this thing was happening long before we got here for billions of years yet somehow the same people say we're responsible for everything it's everything's it's it's all our fault you know and to me that's just sort of shit for brain thinking uh we we aren't responsible for it we're doing the best we can in a situation that we had nothing to do with and we also have nothing to do with our own cognitive abilities you know yes okay you can you can read a book and get smarter or you can you know you can go out and do you know see the world and uh, uh, you know do whatever it is you might do to increase your level of understanding and uh, uh, and enlightenment or something like that but you know what you know you can and you can't there's only so much you can do and uh, it's really frustrating, actually, and, and, and many, many humans have been frustrated before me. But uh, to be frustrated is one thing, and to act like it's a different thing is something complete, you know, it's another thing. Uh, it's, it's frustration and delusional thinking, you know, they, they don't particularly go together. Delusional thinking avoids frustration. <laughs> so, you know, and, and there's, a, there's a whole lot of it, so... Anyway, I don't claim to know what's going on, but I also know that nobody else does. And uh, I've had a sort of a saying for many, many years that if you hear somebody that does tell you they know what's going on, that's a good signal to run for the door because uh, we are all in the middle of something that is uh, an absolute mystery. And it's a thrill and, uh, and a burden and also, you know, an adventure and a nightmare at the same time. And you never know when any particular aspect of it is going to show its head. Um, you know, life can be just wonderful and you're just like, like, like Paul and the scrapper said, you know, just, just skipping on down the road and then everything went black. 
things can happen really quickly. Things can get sketchy and go sideways on you or anybody else or the world uh, very quickly and without any real uh, uh, real notice. And to be honest, that's really what that's really what, uh, in my opinion, shows the true nature of a person. You know, when when things get sideways and things get weird, how do you respond then? You know, I mean, it's easy to be cool when everything's cool. It's easy to be a good person when everything's good. You know, when you've got it made, when everything's going well, uh, you know, sure, no problem. It's when when things get a little bit sketchy and when things get a little bit rough and when things get a little hard. How do you respond then? You know, as an individual as a country, as a culture, as a society, you know, that's, uh, that's really what it comes down to. And, uh, you never know until it happens. You really don't. And even, uh, even as an individual, you, you just don't know how you're going to respond uh, to something until it actually happens. Now I will say that it, it, it's, it's beneficial to sort of go through scenarios in your head, because if you've thought about something, if you considered you know, any particular scenario, you know, you probably got a better, uh, you know, a better angle on it than, than, it, than if you hadn't considered it, because, you know, obviously if you put, put some brain power on it for a while, you can kind of think about it and kind of get a, get a feel for it. But, um, but the bottom line is it's a, it's a crazy place and, uh, none of us really know what's going on and, and we don't know what the next day, minute, hour, are going to bring so you know you make the best of what you got while you got it enjoy your life as best you can if you're not enjoying it you know try to make it better do what you can uh, love the people you love don't be afraid to say it you know don't be afraid to have some fun don't be afraid to go out and see some live music <laughs> you know and uh, there's a lot of that around here great uh, art and music scene here in Columbia, Missouri. I'm so thrilled to be a part of it this weekend coming up. We got the Roots and Blues Festival coming up and uh for the first time in many years I'm gonna actually go to the go to the Roots and Blues Festival and lots of great uh acts that'll be performing there next Friday, Saturday and Sunday. But even when uh, even when that's not going on, there's a lot of wonderful stuff happening around Columbia here. We're so fortunate to live in a community that has so much uh, going on, um, you know, really in, in, in many different, uh, uh, many different areas of endeavor, you know, we've got an incredible education scene here and not just Mizzou, you got Stevens, you got Columbia college. Um, the, uh, the public school system here is actually quite good. And, and this is coming from a person who can't stand public education. And I'm ab- absolutely appalled by what's happened uh, nationally in the last 25 years. You know, there's a book. Uh, um, you'll, if you if you haven't listened to me talk on the radio uh, in the past, you'll find out that I just sort of ramble and and take a lot of side uh, side trips and stuff. But um, but there was a book written many years ago that was called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, and it was written by a woman named Charlotte Isabel Thompson, and uh, she was the former. Uh, director of education um, for the United States government um, in the late 80s, early 90s, I think. But anyway, the book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, of America is, I mean, it's a seminal 
book. And, and if you're somebody who has children or are a teacher or an educator of any, of, of any sort, you should be aware of, of that book because it, uh, it, it documents straight away. Um, and by document, I mean documents. You know, it's not uh, hearsay. It's actually documented. Um, you know, the actual um, slow slide of, of uh, legislation that really destroyed public education and with, a, uh, with an intention, with an agenda to, uh, to lower the average intelligence. And of course, if you think about it, those in power love uh, lower intelligence among the population. The the dumber the population, the better off you are, because you can you can pull off whatever it is that you that you might might want to pull off. And um, you know, I think that no matter where you live, uh, you have a sense that. Well, our government is different, you know. Our our guys and girls are different, you know. Uh, uh, the, the the stuff you hear about the Russians and the stuff you hear about the Germans and the stuff you hear about the Swedes and the stuff you hear about the Argentinians, you know, that goes on in those countries, you know, but it doesn't go on here. Well, the tr- the, you know, the truth is we're all subject to propaganda, um, all of us um, in 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 all of our uh, locations, no matter who we are, I can guarantee you that uh, the local establishment is, you know, uh, they're putting out information that isn't particularly accurate, and they're doing it for their own benefit. And unfortunately, this is just part of the deal. And you can you can wish all you like for. Honesty, honesty, and in journalism and all this, but man, that train left the station. It's over, and and frankly, it's very difficult to discern what's going on, um, what the truth is, if it's outside of the sphere of your your own personal experience. In other words, if if something happened to you, you know, you were in the room. That's the first and most relevant set of data. You know it happened. It happened to you. The next best set of data is information that comes from those who are very close to you. People who are your best friends, your closest family, whatever. People who you actually trust and you love and you know that they're going to do their best to tell you the truth. You have no reason to, to think that they would lie to you. And so the further away information gets from your circle, right? First and primary is your personal experience and then the experience of those who you are close to. And then after that, it starts to get real loose real quick. And it becomes very difficult to know what's going on in an age where audio technology is extremely advanced and you can make stuff sound like somebody said something when they didn't say it. 
I'm a, I'm a radio guy and I'm, I'm, I'm a decent audio engineer and I have access to some relatively simple software here um, at the radio station and, the, and that other people have access to. And with just a little bit of uh, gumption and, uh, you know, and some ambition, I can, I can take audio from people that I've spoken to. Let's say I did an interview with somebody, right? Or let's say somebody called on the telephone right now. And I encourage you to do that, as a matter of fact. The number is 573-443-8255. Please give me a call if you'd like to talk and say hi. Um, But uh, any recorded conversation now can be manipulated because the technology exists to, 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 to sample the voice and then do a whole bunch of stuff with it. And you can, and, um, I mean, even the old school stuff, you could, you could do essentially cut, cut and paste, you know. But now you can actually do mimicking and all kinds of stuff. There's a, uh, oh my gosh, a frightening uh, application that, um, that's been developed uh, that I've gotten a, a little bit of uh, uh, information about maybe in the last six months. It's called Fake App. Fake App app uh, and uh i mean i'm actually gonna pull it up here and see what the current version is we're gonna have to find this out okay and, and maybe uh, during the next program i'll do a little bit of more uh, a little bit more research and find out if this has been scrubbed or not but um fake app was a mobile app that was a digital app that was used to modify um both still images and video and so uh, you could take a video of anything. Let's say you know you took a clip from a movie that you like, and with this application, you could superimpose your face or the face of somebody else that you had maybe some uh, some images of, and then those images. Um, would be incorporated into a new video that would look just like the old video, except the faces on the people in the video look you and your friend or whatever, okay? And now this is not like um, old time when you can just sort of like, you know, cut cut the face out and just sort of paste it on. I mean, it's totally legit and you cannot tell the difference. It's extremely realistic. And even though I just did a real brief search here, I would think that it would come up right away. Anyway, the thing was called, the the one that I was familiar with was called Fake App. That was it, Fake App. And yeah, you could actually, you could could take moving or still images and literally make it look like it was somebody else. And that's not the first time I've seen something like that, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, but it's the most effective one. I've never seen anything like, like, like this. It was really, really good. So uh, my point is that information that comes from outside of your sphere, outside of your own experience, outside of your own friends and family, you got to really take it with a grain of salt because it's very likely or just as likely as not that it's not true. In fact, it could be completely manufactured, um, and uh, it's being done. I mean, you can go out and see evidence of it all the time. So uh, I don't know what really, you know, I'm not sure I have an answer for it, but I guess um, what I think my response to that is that you have to live close to home. If you, if you concentrate your concern 
in the area that you live, your local community, and it's one of the reasons why I do community radio because uh, you know this is where this is where it's at. This is where my experience is. I don't know what's going on in Washington. I, I hear all kinds of things. Uh, you know, I don't believe any of them. Uh, I, I, have, I have no way of knowing, and I really I'm 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 not going to waste time concerning myself with them. What I'm going to do is concern myself with the stuff that I do know that's going on, and that's the stuff in my own circle here my own tribe here in Columbia, Missouri and Boone County. You know, if something goes on around here, you know, I know it. Um, I've either seen it or I've, or, or I can be, I can be very uh, comfortable that somebody uh, very close to me that I can trust uh, has seen it. And then I, you know, and then, then I'll, then I'll give it a, a much more higher level of uh, legitimacy of credence because it's too easy, uh, you know, to just, either make something up or to say something or to or, or to manufacture something that just isn't true and uh, I think that the solution is to bring it back home take care of the things that are happening around you in your circle with your friends with your tribe and make that good make that right keep that safe keep that secure comfortable happy and uh you know, and we'll be better off. All right. Okay. It's about the bottom of the hour. So we're going to play another one here from my buddies, Paul Weber and the scrapper and the scrappers, I should say. And up until now I've played, I've played the first three, uh, in a row. Uh, so we're going to jump to, uh, jump to the seventh track of this record because it is about our neck of the woods and, uh, and our tribe. So this is a song about the Midwest. It's Mike Hagan and KOPN Columbia Radio Orbit be back in a few minutes one two Life 
move slow People come But mostly go Kids they leave Grandmas don't Say they'll visit But they won't Land goes up People sell farms Up go the houses Down go the barns Clear the trees Pave up the roads Brand new cars Mortgage loans song about the midwest paul weber and the scrappers hope for more from them uh, next year or so and it is mike you're listening to radio orbit on kopn columbia 89.5 fm and the phone number here is 443-8255 that's area code 573-443-8255 if you want to call and become a part of the program i would love to hear from you and uh and say hi. This is the first time that Radio Orbit has been on the air since 2008, and uh, I'm glad to be back with you. A little bit rough here getting going, but uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. And speaking of space uh, space weather, before the before the break there, and I just I guess I sh- should sort of wrap that up. But uh, yeah, um, you know, we live in a we live in a big thing here and there's a lot of stuff that's happening outside of our space and so i like to talk a little bit about the sun what's going on there and we talk about uh you know near earth asteroids things that might be zipping by perhaps interact with our little play that's going on down here and uh anyway right now not a whole lot to talk about actually uh i said it was solar minimum uh solar minimum earlier in the program and that's really just a period of time when there's not a lot of activity on the sun and it goes through this period every 11 years or so. So um, anyway, we'll do that uh, every week or every other week when we do this program, okay? All right, what else? Um, I haven't spoken much about why I'm actually doing this show or why I started to do it. And now's a good time. There are, oh, we got a phone call here. So let's do that first. Hold on. K-O-P-N, Radio Orbit. Hello, who's this? This is Deborah. Oh, my gosh. I caught you on your first night, so I just wanted to say hello. It is so nice to hear you. You know, I was wondering, I wonder if Deborah's still out there. Barely. Well, that's it, honestly, it's very good to hear you, and uh, I, uh, I hesitate to speak openly because we are on the radio, and I'd like to speak with you privately, but I will say this to everybody who is listening. Um, I've known Deborah for many, many years, and, uh, and I haven't uh, been in touch with her 
probably since about the time that I went off the air about 10 years ago. But she was uh, a very uh, a loyal listener and, and, and one of the most intelligent and uh, um, sweet women that I've ever known. So it is a great pleasure to say hello to you again. And uh, wow, <laughs> like deja vu, huh? Yes, it is. It really is. Hearing your voice, it just takes me right back. So I appreciate that you have taken a program because um, there's just something. It's not hypnotic about your voice, but the things that you talk about and pull out of the air kind of bring out other things that come up from the deeper well in me and make me think of things, too. So um, I just wanted to say hi. Well, I'm sure glad you did, and uh, um, I won't be doing it every Monday. I'm going to be doing it every other Monday for oh, a while. Okay. Um, um, there's another gentleman who is uh, sharing the spot with me for now, but I think we're both looking for something. Um, as soon as something else opens up, one of us will probably take, you know, the next thing that opens up, and then and this will end up being a, a, a permanent spot. I'd love to keep doing the Monday night thing because you know I'm it's just like what I used to do, and you know it's funny. Uh, Deborah, because for me too, you know, to be back up here, um, you know, it's familiar walls and it's just weird, but it's but but it's cool too, and I'm I'm really glad to be to be doing it again. And I'm gonna have and I'm gonna have some really cool stuff for you. I haven't, um, you know, uh, this first night I figured I'd just uh, kind of say hi to everybody and reintroduce myself, but I'm but I've got some real cool interviews and stuff. So I wanted to let you know that I used to see you at a lot of different places, a lot of different venues of the music. Mm. all the different bands and all the different kinds of music and I started getting injured all the time under cover of crowds mm. and it, I put up with it for a couple of years but it got to me where it's, it's just so bad I just left everything so I'm not on the grid I'm not on I'm out here in the country and I just have a, a life that's more connected to the nature around me. I'm a great grandmother. <laughs> There's just a lot of things that have changed for me, but then deep down my spirit's still the same. And evidently, I resonate with you because I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, really. I love it, uh, and I really do. I'm real, really, really glad that you called. And in fact, you're the first, the, the, appropriately, the first one to call. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get some other people after you. But um, it's it's great to hear your voice. And so, so two weeks from uh, from now, make sure you you, you listen in, and and uh, and we'll have something cool to talk about. All right? Yeah, and thank you for what you said. And I also enjoy Aquarius. Yeah, that, yeah. That really adds to my day. Yeah, he's so, on, uh, I think that's the earlier program, before Woody, um, I think 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock on Mondays. And I don't, I forget the, the, the gentleman who does that program. Um, do, you, do you know what his name is, Doug? Well, he calls himself Kevin. I don't know if that's his real name, okay. but it's uh, yeah. Kevin. All right, so yeah, that uh, 1 o'clock until 3 on Mondays, Kevin doing... Uh, uh, Aquarius. So, all right, Deborah, it's great to talk to you, and um, I hope to talk to you again in a couple of weeks. All right. All right. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye. Wow, that was really awesome, and uh, yeah, uh, it's hard for me to put words into that. That's a really remarkable thing that Deborah was listening and 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 that called. So, okay, uh, once again, the number five seven three four four three eight two five five. Love to say hello and uh, get you involved in the program. Uh, in the meantime, here. Um, I will talk about my friend Kent Stedman. There are three people who uh, really sort of inspired me to begin this program 
years ago and they're still the ones that i'd like to tell you about now because they're really just you know special people mentors teachers friends and just uh you know just my brothers and um the reason that i call this program radio orbit is because there was a man whose name was kent steadman who ran a website for many many years uh i mean in the early days of the internet i i i came across kent in 1997 and he had already had his website up and active for at least a couple years before that anyway uh um, his site was called cyberspaceorbit.com and uh, uh pardon me i had to get a little drink of water there but anyway so uh, i came across this guy kent steadman um in 1997 and the only reason i found him was because i was um um searching around on the on the usenet at the time and this was in the early days like before you know there were uh forums and and reddit and and social media and all that stuff it was really just a bunch of bulletin boards and uh and uh, email where people would uh, be part of like email groups you'd be like a group email and stuff like that so anyway i was really interested in in solar research i love I'm, i've always thought the sun was you know such a uh, interesting thing and and uh, anyway I, I I was looking around on the internet for other people who were sun bugs like me and who were interested in information about the sun and I I came across this one uh, Usenet forum and somebody on there said hey you should check out uh, Kent Stedman's site this guy uh, who does cyberspaceorbit.com so again this is in like 1997 uh, you know uh, 21 years ago and I went to this place, cyberspaceorbit.com, and I was blown away. And uh, over a relatively short amount of time, I had the courage to uh, to introduce myself to the guy who owned and operated the page. And this was back when everyone was using AOL. And AOL Instant Messenger was really the only way to do like, uh, you know, text messaging. You didn't have smartphones then. Um, so uh, it was online, but it, you know it was basically it was basically like if you imagine like your your the the dialogue of your text message on your phone, it was that, but like on you know it had to be on a computer screen obviously, and it and it was through the AOL app um, at the time. So anyway, he and I uh, began to chat over this AOL instant messenger, and uh, anyway we 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 became we became friends, and um, eventually. He lived in Seattle, and uh, I eventually went there to visit him, and he came out to Denver and visited me, and over the course of many years, we became best friends, and um, his family is still very close to me. Kent died um, in April of uh, 2008, very shortly before I stopped doing this, this radio program, and in fact, his death was one of the reasons why I went off the air. I was extremely... Uh, troubled and uh and it was a real difficult time for me he was he was one of the most important people uh in my life and certainly uh one of the most important that i've ever known and um someone who i i still um look back on with with great uh joy and um and i'm so pleased that i was able to have him in my life you know but anyway he was the coolest guy and um 
um, and I interviewed him many times. And if you go to the website, I've I've kept my website up, you know, all these years. So uh, MikeHagan.com. It's real simple. Just go to MikeHagan, H-A-G-A-N.com. And it might look old uh, because it is. And um, I did my best over the last week or so to kind of update the website because I knew I was coming back on the air. But the important stuff is still there, and that's really all my archives, and that's all the stuff that I did, you know, between '04 and '09, and all the interviews are there, and there's like 200 of them, but there's probably 10 or 12, maybe not that many, but there's probably you know five or 10 with Kent Stedman, and uh, and he was just a. Um, a shaman, a, a, a medicine man, a, a wizard. He was a, a, just a very, very cool person and somebody who knew a whole lot about a lot of different things. And um, he taught me a lot of the things that I know. And um, I love him and I miss him a lot. But he's the guy that originally kind of got me to do this radio show. Uh, when, when I came here to Columbia, I moved here to Columbia from Denver. And he said to me one time, you know, what's what's it like in Columbia? I had been here for like six months or whatever. And, um, I was, I was, you know, just recently married and sort of a new life here, uh, coming from Denver and sort of kind of reinventing myself out here in Missouri. And, and he, uh, he said, what's it like out there? And I said, well, you know, it's what it is. You know, I got my job and I do this and that. And, you know, you know, me and the wife are doing all right and all that. And he said, uh, you know, any, anything cool going on, you know, in media or music or anything like that? And I said, well, I did find this really cool radio station. I said, it's, it's a very unique and, uh, you know, just a cool radio station. One like I haven't, um, like I haven't heard before. And he said, yeah, really? Why? And I said, I don't know. It's just, they got all kinds of weird shit and, uh, you know, and it just, uh, you know, very, a lot of different stuff. And you'll hear one thing one hour and then the hour, an hour after that, you hear something completely different. And I said, this is really cool, you know? And he said, well, you should get a show there. <laughs> and uh, and I said, what? And he said, you should get a show there. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, and he said, well, you know, you anyway, he gave me a bunch of reasons why he why he thought that I should. And uh, and so eventually I did. And uh, and it turned out to be a really great experience and, and uh, something that I uh, uh I really, really enjoyed doing, and I really got a lot out of. And I think that over time, some of the people that uh, that heard the program got got something out of it too. And uh, and when I stopped doing it, I thought I'd never do it again. I thought that was it. Honestly, I thought I thought that last uh, that last show would be the last one. And it's been ten years and a couple of months, and you know. It's a lesson in 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 uh, in never saying never. You know, uh, situations change, circumstances change, people change, radio stations change. <laughs> you know, and uh, anyway, so here I am on the twenty fourth of September, two thousand eighteen. It's a full moon, a beautiful night. The weekend was just gorgeous. Finally, a little reprieve from from the heat. But uh, just a really lovely time in in, in mid-Missouri right now. So anyway, I'm really glad to be back with you. And like I said, um, 
it's a full moon you know you know the equinox was um, just a couple of nights ago i guess the actual equinox occurred on the 22nd you never know exactly um unless you're sort of watching really closely um the both the solstices and the equinoxes always fall like on the 21st 22nd or 23rd of those sort of corresponding months depending but because the calendar is so screwed up you never know until i mean it it will vary between the 21st and the 23rd some years it's the 21st some years it's the 22nd some years the 23rd so anyway uh the autumnal equinox was the 22nd just a couple days ago and uh today's the 24th and we got a full moon and it's really um, been a beautiful couple of days so uh it is about um 10 minutes before one o'clock i'll be with you till two o'clock so we got another hour and ten yeah so um ken stedman cyberspace orbit i i also maintain maintain his website so even though it hasn't changed since essentially the day he died i uh, i keep it up and running and it's still very interesting. There's a lot of things there that are still relevant. There are a lot of things there that aren't, you know, but it's a but it's a historical piece on the internet now. Cyberspace Orbit was around, like I said, very early on, maybe 1993. And so uh, as a, um, you know, a memory and a monument to my, my great friend, the bard, Ken Stedman, I keep uh, Cyberspace Orbit up and running. And if you ever get a chance, just go pop on over there. Uh, it's still interesting even these days, you know. Now, uh, my website, MikeHagan.com, I'm doing my best to sort of update it. It is not my greatest skill doing web design. I had a young man uh, whose name was Larry Norager. Uh, Larry was, I used to call him the webmaster or the web wizard, I guess I called him uh, back in the day. Anyway, the web wizard is also gone. He passed away in in uh, 2012 or 2013. And uh, Larry, I, I sure miss you, and I'd love it if you were still around and could make my website look uh, look good again. But anyway, I basically have the same website that I had 10 years ago. Um, I'm just sort of gonna update the, um, the program archives and uh, you know, I'll do my best to kind of to kind of make it to uh, kind of bring it up bring it up to up to date. Okay, uh, and with that in mind, if you go to the website, and again, it's Mike Hagan H A G A N dot com. If you go to the website uh, and you're snooping around and you find something that's messed up um, or that needs to be kind of eliminated or updated or whatever, please don't hesitate to send me an email. My my email address is orbitradio at aol dot com, and you can also reach me. You know, from the website, there's a there's a big fat contact button there, and if you just click on the contact button, um, it won't give you one of those stupid forms. It'll it'll just take you to your email, and you just send me an email. So, uh, and that 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 also goes for uh, for artists and poets and musicians. If you have uh, things that you'd like to share with me, that's one of the things that I like to do on the program is uh, uh, share art. And by art, I guess I mean all forms or any form that you might uh, that you might imagine, and that includes visual art. Even though you can't see it on the radio, uh, we can put it up on the website. Um, poetry, I'd be you know more than happy to read uh, poetry if uh, if people will 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 send it to me and also post that stuff up on the website. Um, if you have uh, 
musicians or if you are a musician uh, and you have music that you'd like to share, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, I feature local, regional musicians. I'm not going to play Stevie Ray Vaughan or Cody Jinks or anything that's like that. I'm going to play stuff that is independent, up and coming, local, regional, etc. Uh, and you know, I, I actually, frankly, I don't, I don't really care if it's local or regional. I kind of tend to do that because this is where all my friends are. Um, but uh, if if uh, if you have something that you'd like me to play or if you'd like to talk about, please just uh, you know send that to me an email, and I'd, I'd love to I'd love to listen and, and and talk with you about it. Okay. So, and the way we do it, you know, you get the whole program. So uh, one artist. Per show tonight, we have Paul Weber and the Scrappers. We'll play another one from them in just a few minutes here at the top of the hour. But yeah, um, I figure it's kind of cool to, to sort of uh, style a program around an artist, and um, sometimes it works real well. Some <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. But but the idea is, you know, to have some cool music that uh, that accompanies a cool bit of talk and conversation and you know I, it, it won't always be just me uh talking to you for three hours i mean normally i would have somebody else uh, that i would be interviewing and you wouldn't just have to be listening to me you could listen to somebody who was smarter than me and i'll just ask them try to try to ask them uh, you know smart questions so uh with that in mind in a couple of weeks i don't know who i'm going to have but i but i guarantee you it's going to be something good i have a couple of things in mind but i'm not going to say anything about it because i don't want to disappoint anyone because i really haven't uh, uh haven't approached the two gentlemen that i'd like to talk there i have one at the top of my list and then I, have a, then I have another one right below that um and if the first guy can't do it then i'm going to go with the second guy and if i can't go with the se- actually the second one's a girl um but uh regardless um hopefully in two weeks we'll have a a good program from you uh, or for you and it won't just be it won't just be me okay so uh let's see i talked a little bit about ken stedman wallace black elk another reason why i'm here uh, he was a uh, Native American medicine man uh, who died in 2005 uh, at, a, at a quite old age, 84, maybe 85. I had the great uh, pleasure and privilege to to call him my grandfather, and uh, he was a big part of my life in the early 2000s and um, taught me the ways of the Lakota and a lot about the history of uh, our nation that I was not familiar with. And uh, he was a really cool guy who knew a lot about a lot of things. He could still speak Lakota, uh, one of the few uh, one of the few people who, who, who could still speak the language. There are, there are very few um, who can today and it's a shame because um you know it's a it's a loss of uh, of, of of history but anyway he could t- he could he could talk about uh, you know quantum mechanics just as just as easy as he could talk about uh, uh what it was like to to carry the chinupa and uh, smoke a peace pipe and uh he um was a great influence on me again during a time in my life when i sort of needed some guidance and uh I sure appreciate everything that he taught me and uh, and shared with me. And again, uh, I would not be here 
talking with you guys if it wasn't for him. And so, hey ho Grandfather Wallace, good man. Um, you know, don't forget about your ancestors, people, and your and your old folks. They're they're where the history is, where the where the memories are, and they can teach you a lot if you if you give them the time, give them the time to teach you. You know. Okay, uh, we got three minutes. Who else? Terrence McKenna, I guess. I can't I can't say I'd be here without Terrence either. And it's uh, another one of those things where a great friend and a and a mentor and a teacher and someone who I miss a lot and I wonder what he would think about what's going on. You know, you know all all this um, all these the, these people that I'm I'm talking about. You know, I speak about them with great rev- reverence and 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 nostalgia. And uh, and just uh, you know, just love. I mean, they're just my friends and 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 guys that I just loved. They weren't gods or prophets, you know. They they were men, and uh, you know, they weren't right about everything. Like I've 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 had people give me such a hard time about Terrence over the years, you know. Gosh, I mean. You can be a good person and a smart person and a compassionate person and not be right about everything. I mean, show me somebody who has been right about everything. You know, they don't exist. We're all doing the best we can, uh, you know, uh, with limited amount of information and in a, in a situation that we that we did not define for ourselves. So anyway, uh, Terrence McKenna, if you're not familiar with him, he was a, a writer and a great public speaker, extremely eloquent speaker. Uh, he was a philosopher of sorts and uh, just a good man, someone who I was fortunate enough to call my friend and, and uh, he taught me a bunch of stuff too. So... During the course of the program, as we go along, you know, I, I kind of do this. I probably won't do it like I did tonight because it's real personal tonight. And uh, uh, but you know, there are great men and women uh, throughout our history, and in my opinion, the greatest among them don't get mentioned very often. And so, uh, on this program, at least during a little bit of the program, every time we're on the air. We'll, we'll spend a little time talking about uh, about somebody who was with us but isn't with us any longer uh, but uh, but added something to the whole to the whole mix all right all right it's KOPN Columbia it's one o'clock in the morning on the 25th of September my name is Mike Hagan you listen to radio orbit and this is Paul Weber and the scrappers
basement on the floor Behind the linen closet door By the river in the woods you'd hide You could But this old world is an old house Ghosts will follow you around The ticking clock Licks and mocks us how far you've got to go. Shame will rot, waking hot and breezing in the snow. When you hide it deep inside, it'll never become lost. And this old life is a short ride. You're listening to it here on Radio Orbit KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. The phone number here is 573-443-8255. That's 573-443-8255. If you'd like to get involved in the program, I'd love to hear from you. It's been a long time since I've taken phone calls. It was great to hear from Deborah a little bit earlier, and I'd love to hear from you as well. And uh, in the meantime... I will talk a little bit about what I'm thinking about doing as things go forward. You know, um, I mentioned Terrence before and Wallace and Kent, these guys uh, that were sort of my foundation for, for a lot of the things that I think and the way that I look at the world and things like that. But but they uh, they also are all gone and... Um, and uh, as many uh, uh, as many insights as I as I got from them uh they were not all right and uh and many of the things that i talked about on the program uh back in the early days uh, and again all of the earlier programs are available um on my website at mikehagan.com if you want to get a load of what, what, what we used to do but uh you know uh, some of that stuff uh, even when I was doing it, I thought maybe, wow, this is the most incredible thing I've ever done. And that turns out that uh, now I really don't think so. You know, uh, the test of time um, is a is a brutal uh, teacher, and uh, time will will show you in many cases, you know, what's right and what's wrong. So anyway, um, uh, it's it's a learning experience to have to go through recognizing that the people that you love look up to learned from etc weren't infallible wow they actually made some mistakes and they they weren't right about everything and you know it's uh, 
it seems simple, but it really is harder. You know, it's sort of sort of hard. Uh, we we all have have if we're lucky, you know, we have somebody that we really look up to um, over the course of our lives, and and we do tend to put that person or those 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 persons on a pedestal and think that they're you know just they're infallible and they could could never do any wrong. But the truth is, you know, that's just that's just not not the truth. Um, it doesn't take anything away from what they are able to contribute to you and your life and your understanding of the world. Uh, that's all well and good, but but you have to be able to put it back in that perspective to recognize that nobody uh, really, you know, has has all the answers, and uh, and that goes for me too. I don't have all the answers, and uh, there was a time when I really thought that I did, frankly, and uh, you know, like I said, the test of time shows you uh, what you know and what you don't know. So it's a lesson for all of us, I think. All right. So typically, like I said, what we'll do is normally the first hour of the program, we'll spend uh, talking about the news. And I, sp- and, and I plan on talking about things like uh, like artificial intelligence, like uh, you know a lot of the emerging, te- uh, emerging technologies. But I want to try to somehow find a way to... Uh, to wrap that into the natural world because everything has to happen here on the earth and no matter how fancy the tech gets it still has to operate under the rules of planet earth you know uh, i've been playing music from paul and the scrappers all night and Paul himself is a um, is an organic farmer, and he runs an operation called Three Creeks. I believe it's called Three Creeks Organic Farm. He, anyway, I know it's Three Creeks, but I don't know the. It's it's an organic farm that it's run um, down on the south south side, down by Ashland over there, and he he operates that farm with uh, a young woman who um, is his sort of life partner, and they do super cool stuff right here you know in mid-missouri cutting edge organic farming and at the same time the guy's a fantastic musician writing great traditional country songs like we've been listening to all night and there's there's stuff like that happening all around here and happening all around the world and those are the things that we have to sort of you know bring together art Art and technology, they're really not as separate, I think, as, uh, as people might think. Technology is certainly an art, uh, just like farming is. And uh, so I'm going to try to bring a whole bunch of different stuff together on this program. And from week to week, it'll seem very different. But at the same time, hopefully it'll be sort of common threads that sort of run throughout the whole thing. And, and we can all maybe learn a little bit here or there. So. Anyway, uh, it's about 10 after 1 o'clock on yeah, the 25th of September. Radio Orbit, KOPN, Columbia, 89.5 FM. I probably should read... Oh, I should read this. Um, KOPN, 
thanks to the businesses, professionals, and organizations that underwrite us. Uh, those people play an important part in the community radio station's financial health. And if you visit a KOPN underwriter, please let them know that you appreciate their support of this station. More information about underwriting with KOPN is available at kopn.org or by calling 573-874-1139. That is something that I would love to do is to get an underwriter for this program. Uh, If we could go to the uh, management of the station and say that uh, so-and-so is going to... uh, you know, underwrite Radio Orbit uh, for X number of dollars a month, and it's very reasonable, I can assure you. That'd be great if somebody was interested in doing that. We're looking for some businesses or professionals that uh, that might be interested in, in, uh, in having a little bit of... Well, first of all, you get a little exposure on the air here because I'll talk about you. But also, uh, you do a good thing by uh, supporting and underwriting a cool show on KOPN, all right? So if you want to do that, give us a call, 874-1139, or get a hold of me, all right? And we'll figure out a way to get you involved in uh, in KOPN here, okay? And in fact, there are a number of people I know that we already are talking about uh, things like that with, so I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, I want to say thank you, first of all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quarter after one in the morning, I'm saying first of all. But anyway, uh, happy birthday to my friend Diana Moxon. Uh, she is a fellow programmer here at the station. I also do a radio program on Friday mornings. I do a show called Open Mic Radio where I feature live music in the studio here and we kind of talk to the uh, the musicians and and do interviews and stuff like that. But the program after mine that's at, that, that's at nine o'clock on on Friday mornings. But anyway, at at ten o'clock after my program, there's a, a a woman who does a program called Speaking of the Arts, and her name is Diana Moxon, and uh, her uh, birthday is today, or well, yesterday it was the twenty fourth, and they her, her husband Tom and uh, uh, and and Diana were nice enough to invite me over to their place uh, earlier tonight along with a bunch of other friends uh, to celebrate Diana's birthday and it was a lot of fun and I sure appreciate the invite and had a good time over there so anyway if you uh, are listening to this radio station on Friday mornings you can hear me at nine o'clock and then uh, and Diana after that with uh, Speaking of the Arts at 10 o'clock. Once again, 573-443-8255. I'd love to hear from you if you got uh, the gumption to call, something to say, anything on your mind. Really, we can kind of open lines like old Art Bell used to do. You know, I don't care what you uh, got to talk about. I'd love to love to say hi, all right? Okay, um, let's see. What else we got to talk? Oh, you know, the, the, uh, here, here's something that I saw the other day, and I'm hoping to get this guy um, on the program at some point, the guy who's behind this. Uh, but there was a real cool story that came out about a group of doctors and scientists that were trying to build a bionic eye. Uh, I think it happened at Princeton. Let me see if I can get this, if I can find it on the computer really quick. Okay, hold on. Prototype bionic eye. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, When he was an assistant professor at Princeton University, Michael McAlpin led the development of a 3D-printed bionic ear. Now an associate professor at the University of Minnesota, he's gone on to 3D-print a rudimentary bionic eye, and it could eventually lead to versions capable of replacing real human eyes. A McAlpin-led team began with a hemispherical glass dome, similar in size and shape to the back of a human eye. Using a custom-built 3D printer, they then added strips of an ink containing silver particles. Interesting. The ink 
successfully dried in place as opposed to running down the inside of the dome and pooling at the bottom. Finally, over the top of that ink base, they printed a layer of semiconducting polymer. The result was an array of 3D printed photodiodes which are capable of converting light into an electrical current. McAlpin's team is now planning on boosting the efficiency and incorporating many more of the photodiodes into a single dome. Ultimately, it's hoped that the technology could be used to create a fully functioning bionic eye which would restore a blind recipient's vision by stimulating the optic nerve in response to the perception of light. Wow. Uh, so no longer theoretical. They're actually building bionic eyes. Steve Austin. Here we come. You know, this is happening throughout, you know, the, I mean, the entire, um, the entire sphere of human activity. Uh, technology is just going wild. What is it going to do? I mean, what is the end result? Uh, there are people who are frightened to death literally think that it's you know the end of humanity that that humankind is developing the technology that will put an end to humankind now that that sort of requires a caveat because i sort of i I sort of fall into that camp actually but um but the way that I look, in other words, people are looking at it as the end of it all. In other words, the end of our race and that nothing continues after that. That it's, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the the iguanas take over or something or um, some other species might uh, might arise up and, 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 and take our place. Um, I am more of the mind that we think that we're developing technology and understanding that is going to advance ourselves and the idea of uh, transhumanism is one thing that we'll probably touch on um, in the program over the next you know months there is a great uh, effort on two sides on both sides here you have you have you have the 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 the, the pro side and the con side as always so you have you have the transhumanists who are hell-bent on using technology as a way out Uh, the technology is the is the panacea technology is the solution to the problems that you know that we're that we're facing here as a global culture and then you have on the other side of that you have the, you have you have the people that are saying no 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 the the technology is going to do nothing but harm us look what it's done already uh, technology is what's what, what's gotten us in this boat to begin with and we need to we need to stop it deny it um, you know and uh, do do whatever we can to resist it so I I sort of think that uh, that they're both. I sort of think they're both a little bit off base, and um, and again, I always go back to the idea that that we are really not in charge of what's going on here, and I have to believe, based on what I know about history, that the human species is not just going to disappear. Uh, I actually do think that there is something extremely unique and special about us. 
I don't think we're the same as the whales and the bumblebees. Uh, I do recognize that there are other species on this planet that are extremely advanced and uh, and have high intelligence and perhaps even you know, language, but uh, it it is not what what uh, what we do, and that is one of our biggest problems is that we uh, we can't stand the way that we are we're, we're the only species that's so self-loathing that many members of our own species are calling for our own demise all the time like i was saying earlier in the program the the din of the voices screaming bad humans bad humans i hear it all the time i hear it you know i i hear it around the corner every day i hear it on on the radio i hear it on tv all the time it's all about how bad we are well again i say well if we're bad humans you know you know we're not responsible for the fact that we're human Uh, we are not responsible for the fact that we're here we are not responsible for for anything except what we do while we're here and even that can be argued but i'll but i'll i'll concede that one for now that we're responsible for what we do while we're here and whether we are you know whether whether that's actually true or not it's a good way to live it's a good way to live because it actually you know it actually imparts some responsibility uh, on on you but I don't think that you should wear the responsibility of the whole thing, you know, uh, and, and, and there's a whole lot of that these days, people just wearing the weight of the world, you know, it's, oh my God, you know, we're just ruining everything. And, and, uh, my gosh, you know, uh, if you, if you drive to work and, you know, and burn a gallon of gasoline, you know, you're whipping yourself on the back because you're contributing to climate change. You know, it's like, look, that is not the weight that is to be worn uh, you were born into the situation and uh, you know you do the best while you're here with what you got and uh, and try not to wear it too heavily you know the beating up of oneself you know is good to a certain extent because we have to sort of be you know critical self-inspection is something that perhaps there isn't enough of uh, but once you figure that out you know you can you can kind of give yourself a break and uh, and just do uh, you know do the best you can with what you got and there are plenty of uh, uh, small things you know that can be done all the time just to you know just to help the 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 general the general public you know and just the way people feel I mean just a nice smile on the street just saying hello to people you know makes a huge difference I see it all the time you know uh, I, I do I do my best when I'm out and about, you know, just to, you know, to try to at least make eye contact and smile and say hi. And you know what? Most of the time, people are surprised that you did it, <laughs> and uh, and then their second response is to, is to do it back, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 really bizarre the the the, the way that we live now. Uh, people are buried with their heads and their cell phones and and uh we're supposed to be so connected uh to to everything and yet at the same time there's just a major disconnect between ourselves and and even even those that are that are right around us i'm a i'm a big fan of uh, marshall McLuhan, who was a brilliant uh author and uh philosopher and uh 
somebody who, uh, who who was really sort of in his heyday in the mid 50s and late 50s uh, in the late 50s early 60s but McLuhan w- w- was was an expert on media and was very interested in 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 the way information was moving you know around the planet and from person to person and he was an extreme studier of uh, the early days of television uh, of radio and anticipated the internet revolution and he actually coined a term that and i forget which book it was it may have it may have been the technological marriage uh or it may have been that first book on media but at any rate uh the 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 term that he used was narcissus narcosis (laughs) narcissus narcosis uh, Marshall McLuhan coined that in probably 1956 or 57 or something like that, right? And he anticipated that technology would become device-like and that people would pour all of their attention into those devices in order to get a response back for themselves. And this is nothing less than the like on Facebook or the, or the red heart on your Instagram post. It was, it was described 50 years ago, 60 years ago by McLuhan. He saw it coming. And we are all, the great majority of us are, 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 are subject to it. It's an addiction that nobody realized would, uh, would happen. And by the time you realize you're addicted to it, it's over. And, and the smartphone... Uh, and social media and the access to information that people have now is an addiction and you can see it on the streets every day there are streets in europe now where they put the crossing signals on the ground they put the lights on the ground because everybody's looking down at their cell phones when they cross the street so uh, pe- literally, people were being hit by vehicles, you know. Uh, I'm sure it's happened here. But anyway, um, the solution in, in like Denmark and in uh, some of the uh, Scandinavian countries, they're, they're, they're putting like these uh, um, uh, LED lights just underneath the pavement and then covering them with like a, you know, a, you know, a nice thick uh, slice of polyurethane or something like that. And, and so you can see if it's red or green, when you're when you're staring down at your cell phone and you won't walk across the street hypothetically and get hit by a bus all right so so yeah uh narcissus narcosis is definitely uh, a major factor now in modern global culture and i'm not sure you know where all this is leading um it's one of the reasons why i wanted to come back on the air because i'm fascinated by uh by the uh, but just the mayhem of it all i mean uh, nobody knows what's going on the ability to use technology now is becoming privatized to the point where where an individual not just a small company but an individual with the resources and with a little bit of brain power can start messing with genetic models you know not to mention uh, biotechnology and uh, artificial intelligence and uh, you know it's really 
it's re- really sort of just a you know no holes barred situation legislation i mean to, to to look to government at this point to look to government at this point for any kind of uh, guidance or regulation is just like to, to me it seem it's absolutely ridiculous i mean the government and politics is just wrapped up in, in, in just this ludicrousness i mean uh, in the meantime there's all kinds of things that are happening under the radar that they have absolutely no control over and uh, you know everybody's talking about what's going on and who's going to be the supreme court judge you know what it ain't going to matter <laughs> pretty soon i mean you can you can legislate whatever you want but but the legislation is going to be so far behind the technology uh, it already is but pretty soon it's going to become i mean yeah, it's going to make it sort of uh Uh, sort of obsolete i think there are things on the horizon that are uh yeah really really going to change things one of the things that i'd like to talk about on this program you know i mentioned uh you know some of the topics that we'll cover i talked about robotics and and ai and uh man machine interfaces and you know new uh, designer drugs and this type of thing i also want to talk about cryptocurrency because i am uh uh, very interested in, in in the technologies behind Bitcoin and uh, uh, blockchain technology in general. And I think that's something that we're going to talk about in this program as well. So anyway, we got about a half hour left. So let's get one more in here from the Scrappers and uh, another great song off their record that was released in 2017, I believe it was. And it was just called Paul Weber and the Scrappers. And if you get a chance to see them around town, please do. They're fantastic. And I hope to hear some more music from them in the next year or so. All right. In the meantime, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. This one is called Half Loved. Once again, Paul Weber and the Scrappers on Radio Orbit. Smoked end of a cigarette Or the half cup of coffee You pour and forget Or beer half empty from the night before Or the pennies change from a dollar bill Or the last few hours of the day to kill Since you told me you don't love me anymore a half-loved heart, a half-finished start, a half-written story of love, oh, half-read book, a half-smiled look, a half-loved heart is all I've got. Start 
scrappers off their self-titled release from 2017 keep your eyes near on those guys all right okay it's mike uh, you're listening to radio orbit it's about 135 and eh, not quite 133 in the morning here on september the 25th of 2018 stick around for the witching hour steven will be with you here in about 25 minutes or so and i'll be with you until then um I would like to give out the email address and, well, the phone number once again, okay? So 573-443-8255. We got 25 minutes. I'd still love to say hi. If you want to call, please do, and uh, I'll pick up right away. And uh, if not, you'll try again another time, all right? In the meantime, I will mention my email address is orbitradio at aol.com. Yep, I still use AOL. Uh, you know, all the spooks do. And um, I always have. Uh, so you can reach me there, orbitradio at aol.com, or you can go to the website, Mike Hagen, M I K E H A G, the M I K E H A G A N dot com. And you can uh, connect with me through there. There's a contact button and all that stuff, all right? And the website, uh, I, I do hope to uh, sort of. Uh, uh, bring it up to snuff. I've, if you go there now, you'll see. Well, you, you know, it, it, it's current, but it, it's just old. Uh, it just looks the way that it always looked back in the day. Um, but all the archives are there. And if anybody who's listening to this program is like curious as to what we used to do, you can go there and uh, and you can check that out. Okay. Again, that's Mike Hagen H A G A N dot com and the email orbitradio at aol dot com. So uh, with that in mind i am always interested in getting new music and new art and by that i mean visual art poetry obviously music uh sculpture is a little tough on the radio (laughs) but uh even for visual stuff we will post that stuff up on the website and for uh visual art you know if you've got something at a gallery or something like that i'd be glad to you know share that information and if you're a poet or somebody who's a writer or uh, a musician, certainly uh, get your material to me and, and we'll figure out a way to get you involved in the program, okay? And again, you can do that. Just send me an email or, or do it through the website at mikehagan.com, all right? All right, um, the website here for the radio station, kopn.org. The show is always streaming uh, there, kopn.org, 24-7. Great work uh, recently here at the station. A lot of good things happening here, and I'm really glad to be be back at it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how things go as we move forward. I talked about that bionic eye that was uh, that, that, that the guys are making. What else do I have here to mention? Unless someone calls me, I'll have to come up with something to take up a few minutes here. Here's an interesting one. 
the world's smallest transistor switches current with a single atom in solid state. Now, this is a nanotechnology story, and I'm into nanotech, too. You know, um, here at Missouri, at the, uni- at the university, they have one of the nation's leading nanotech uh, departments uh, in the in the sciences in the school of sciences and they do a whole bunch of uh, Department of Defense contracts and uh, I'm sure some medical stuff and uh, it's extremely interesting again this stuff has you know many sides technology in general you know can be used for uh, you know for positive or or or, or, or negative reasons or, or, or results. You can use fire. You know, the earliest, one of the earliest, certainly one of the most important discoveries in human history as far as technology goes, and I consider fire a technology that was discovered. Fire can be used in a very, uh, you know, beneficial way, um, in a way that's, uh, you know, extremely benevolent. Or it can be used in a very violent way. It's that's malevolent. Fire can 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 destroy. Um, in fact, most weaponry uh, is based on fire. Uh, every every bullet when it's when it when it comes out of the muzzle of a gun, there there's a there's a fire behind it. <laughs> uh, same thing with cannons, obviously, and uh, you know even even higher end things like laser technology now i mean it's really just a focusing of light which is really fire i mean it's really what it is so anyway uh technology can be used for the good of man or for the destruction of man and usually it's used for both at least historically that's the case uh and it's really interesting and you know in, in, a, in a philosophical sense because you because you really can see if you look backwards you go damn all all along it's like been this development of stuff um you know new utilization of resources uh for the betterment of mankind um uh for higher levels of comfort and uh, and happiness and uh, and and security and at the same time, those same technologies are used, you know, to tear all of those things apart. And it uh, it seems like a uh, you know something that's sort of almost built into the uh, to the experience here is the I guess and I guess that's the duality that everybody always talks about, you know, um, the two sidedness of things and uh, and how does that pan out? You know, I mean, uh, does it go on forever like that? To me, it seems like maybe, probably not. I don't see how it can. Uh, but, you know, I was saying that years ago, too. So so who knows? But uh, but in, in a more general sense, you know, you have technology being developed and it's getting extremely sophisticated and really hard to kind of keep a uh, uh, kind of keep a rope around. And those technologies that are being developed, no different than fire or, uh, uh, you know, uh, the first, uh, you know, the first um, use of electricity. Those things can be used for both good and for and for and for bad. And that has not changed. Technology is 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 rolling along right now. And, you know, people people will 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 still uh, 
put their own agenda behind it. And as I was talking about earlier, it's crazy because now, you know, the ability to do some pretty sophisticated stuff is available to the average person if they have the knowledge and the will. I was speaking to a friend last night who just got a new 3D printer. And I actually have one of these at work. And, and the one that I have at work is a pretty low-end model. It's not a, very, not a very good one. But even with that, it's super cool. And, and you, can do, um, you, know, you can do a lot of stuff with it. And really, the imagination is, 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 is what limits that. You can do whatever your imagination can, can come up with and make a design for. Now, there's a whole other thing that's called the universe of things. Or the inter- I'm sorry, the Internet of Things, or the Thingiverse, as uh, some people call it. Now, that is essentially just an, uh, uh, an archive, an, um, basically a big database where people upload their 3D designs. And then if you want to make something, you can go to the... Uh, the Internet of Things or the or the Thingiverse, and you can essentially use it like a search engine. You can say, "This is what I'm looking for," and you can see if somebody has uploaded a design that's compatible with what you're looking to do. And if they don't, well, you know, then then they don't. Then you can make it yourself. And then you can upload it. And then if somebody else wants it, they can download it. But the point is, uh, this is becoming an extremely diverse set of data. Uh, 3D printing uh, is another thing that we'll talk about on the program here from time to time. And in fact, there are a couple of guys that are really on the front end of this as far as the development side. There's a guy at MIT that I really would like to talk to. You know, they're doing something at MIT. They're doing, they're doing 3D printing with like nine different materials. Like you can, like not just plastic, okay? Like they're printing with uh, plastic, ceramic, metal, glass, uh, polymers, and it doesn't take much of an imagination to think that if you can 3D print with multiple materials, especially metals, ceramic, glass, uh, I mean, really, you can do a whole lot of things, and the imagination is really the only thing that's going to limit you know, how that, how that moves forward. Again, you can legislate all you want. But if the guy has the 3D printer in his garage, I mean, I'm sorry, it's very hard. It's very hard to enforce that uh, that legislation. Um, the decentralized nature of many of the new technologies uh, is really going to be a game changer. I mentioned cryptocurrency before the break. Uh, the decentralized nature of Bitcoin is. Well, it's the main reason why, why, why it's still here. And uh, Bitcoin was invented or uh, actually uh, kind of brought into the world about 10 years ago. And everybody who learned about it along the way was skeptical and said, well, there's no way that this thing can last. There's no way that it, that, that it can survive. And, um, and it has. You know, it has. And we're going to take a phone call here. Since somebody had the guts to call us, and we'll say hello. Welcome to Radio. I'm sorry. Welcome to Orbit. Who's this? Uh, this is Deborah again. Oh, hi. Hi. And the things that 
you have been talking about as far as the technology and devices and storing information and data and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think about what if the Akashic Record mm. is not just in the sky, but what about our use of crystals and the, the many layers of civilizations of human and non-human life? What is stored in those crystals? And why haven't we put much effort into really figuring out what might be in those buried crystals and, you know, the silicon, the metals, everything. There's something else about the entelechy of the earth and, and the cosmos around it that it's not just human-centered. And, and most, mm. you know, we study DNA, that's human-centered levels of it. Um, something that whatever our sciences are, it's, you know, pretty much to serve. Who does it serve? It serves homo sapiens. To me, it's sappers. Yeah. It, it, human. Yeah. If you put human together with uh, the two words EU, it, it means wholeness. Hmm. And it means both, male and female. It means the principles hmm. of the feminine and the masculine, but it also incorporates the other principles. So it's something a lot more whole than what, whatever we are right now. But whatever we do, it, it's always just a self-interest and serving. Well, uh, most people haven't reached the kind of humanity that maybe was deeper and older than we are, and it's stored somewhere. Hmm. And I just, I, I can't articulate things very well. I'm kind of tired, but um, I've been listening, and I just thought I'd bring that up, because it's very central to this culture, that is uh, this technology that's developing itself um, using these metals and these crystals and taking them for granted so anyhow um but i just wanted to say that i appreciate it thank you deb uh-huh bye all right bye well and she brings up an interesting point um the the earth uh and the other species that are not human you know the whole thing makes up this big giant web and the information isn't just on the internet i mean the whole natural world is like a that's the real internet uh the web of life the the web of life that uh you know that that binds all of us that we are all part of the same thing and uh uh this is something that that comes out in uh in native american mythology you know really uh, takes a prevalent position but but also in 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 most early mythologies i mean i think i think all all around the world um uh, if you go back to the early ideas and by that i mean you know things that happened you know you know shortly after the high neolithic um before before language got so separated and before you know the the uh the idea of civilization really took hold, the city-state, all those types of things. Um, there was a, a, a better understanding of the, the symbiosis of the entire system uh, rather than just the monkey side of it. And I remember years ago, my, my friend Dennis McKenna said, you know, the monkeys just think they're running the show, you know, they're, but they're not. They just think they are. And... 
that still holds, in my opinion. Um, the monkeys still think they're running the show, and they're still not. The question is, uh, what is running the show, uh, if anything, and, uh, and where is it going? And, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've recalled the metaphor of like the runaway train on a dark, stormy night. <laughs> you know, that, that's sort of the way that I look at the, the, the world as it is and the, and the, uh, you know, humankind and our, our, uh, uh, our adventure on, on earth right now. I think that it is, I think that's the best metaphor that I can, that I can come up with. It's a runaway train on a dark, stormy night. And uh, we're all on the train. And you may not like some people on the train. <laughs> and they may not like you. And you may love other people on the train. And they may love you. But we're all on the train. And uh, I'm not sure that anyone is driving it. And uh, I think it's going to end up where it's going to end up. Now the question is, you know, uh, you know it, it, does it run into another train or a brick wall? Or does it just pull up into Bern, uh, Switzerland? I mean, you know, uh, you know, or some other beautiful place. Um, it's hard to say. I have, I have mixed feelings. And uh, over the course of this program, we'll delve more into this, hopefully, and and hopefully we'll get some more people involved and and uh, talk more about who we are and what we're doing here and where we're going and how we might better uh, better make our way. You know. All right, it's about 10 minutes until 2 o'clock in the morning. I'll chat for a few more minutes here. I'll tell you one more time, the phone number, 573-443-8255. If you'd like to call, we'll get a couple more calls in before the end of the hour. We certainly can do that if if uh, somebody would like to call. Um, if not, uh, I'll be back on the air doing this program in two weeks. And you can catch Jay Tutenberg, who does a show uh, same time next Monday, uh, playing some really cool rock and roll music for you. It's like a, I don't know if he actually has named the show yet, but it's a sort of a classic rock show, but it's not the stuff that you would normally hear, real sort of uh, deep track sort of stuff and uh, real neat music that you probably aren't real familiar with. So anyway, you can catch Jay next Monday and I'll be back with you, uh, like I said, two weeks from today and we'll have uh, we'll have a guest with us um, when, when we come back on the air in, uh, in two weeks and we'll do a nice long interview with somebody who's got hopefully something interesting and fun to say all right I, like I said I've got a couple ideas for who who I want to have on the program I just gotta see if I can if I can pull it off all right okay uh, one more time the website Mike Hagan M-I-K-E-H-A-G-A-N dot com uh, the email orbitradio at aol.com and regardless of what you send me I'd be glad to uh, to read it and respond and again for contributions for art and music and poetry or anything of the like be sure you send that to me because that's part of what this program is going to be doing is uh, trying to share uh, not just information but also art and music uh, with you guys and most of what I like to share comes from uh, right around here so if you are a musician or an artist and you uh, have something that you'd like to share please don't be afraid uh, get in touch with me and I'd be glad to to uh, share your stuff with other people okay all right um, oh let's see what else anything else here 
Well, one more time, I'll say thank you to all the people that made this possible. You know, Kent, miss you so much. Terrence Wallace, uh, all the guys and girls that have come before me and before you. You know, that's why why we're all here. Uh, we wouldn't be where we are without those who came before us. And and uh, none of us have a perfect background, and none of us have a perfectly ugly one either. You know, there's a, there's quite a bit of history behind every every human on this planet and we're all in it together we're all doing the best we can uh, don't forget about those that came before you think about yourselves and think about those who are coming after you know in the native american tradition there's a, a concept of seven generations they say whatever you know whatever whatever it is that you do you should be thinking ahead uh, seven generations and, and how how is this going to affect you know the people who are here seven generations from now and that was a central part of of the you know the the, the philosophy of living with the land the, the you know the philosophy of of living with the earth as a uh, as a partner and a component of the earth not as a uh, as a, as a dominator of the earth the Christian tradition uh, and and you know words are interesting because uh, you, know, a, you know you know just a little bit of a difference in a word can make all the difference in the way it's interpreted the word dominion is way different than the word dominate they're not the same and uh, for man to have dominion over the earth is different than for man to dominate the earth Dominion is a stewardship, a partnership, a, uh, a recognition of the larger picture, the larger web of which everyone is a part, of which everything is a part, and not just the biological parts. You know, the rocks and the stones play a role too, because they eventually become biology, you know, over time. Things break down and become new things. And uh, I guess maybe that's a good place to, to end the program. Uh, this is an old program that has now become a new thing. And uh, I hope to uh, keep going with it for a while. And we'll see where it goes. Um, I, I won't make any promises. Uh, the, the last time I stopped doing this program, it was very abruptly. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, I... Um, I can't say uh, I can't say what I'll do after uh, after this program tonight, but I certainly do plan on coming back two weeks from now, and uh, I enjoy doing it. It's great to be back on the air, and um, I'll uh, I'll speak with y'all in in a couple weeks. All right, stick around. Like I said, for the Witching Hour with Stephen coming up in just a few minutes. In the meantime, we'll have one more here from Paul Weber and the Scrappers, and uh, this song is called "Who I Was." And it's actually written by a friend of ours named Matt Barnes. And although he doesn't actively play uh, with, uh, with Paul and the Scrappers, he's a, a great musician, great guitar player, and a really good songwriter who's been around these parts for a long time. And uh, I'd like to actually get Matt on, the, on open mic radio one of these days um, and see if he'll come down and play some songs for us and, uh, and talk a little bit. But in the meantime, uh, this is one that Matt wrote for Paul. I don't know if he wrote it for Paul, but he definitely wrote it. And uh, Paul and the Scrappers uh, recorded it. This is it. 
It's called Who I Was. You've been listening to KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This has been Radio Orbit. I'll be back in two weeks, and we'll talk to you then. Well, I used to be happy Stood strong and tall Right into your wall That's how it felt That's how it feels Used to stand strong and tall Now I'm lucky if I can kneel Well, I used to go out